The listeners of the Bulldog and Friends podcast know that we support Saving Innocence, an anti-human trafficking agency focused on recovering child victims of sex trafficking. Today is a big day because today is the launch of the book called Men, Fight for Me, written by BAF regular and Leland 81 alum, Alan Smith, who runs Saving Innocence. It's a book for everyone, but with a special emphasis and challenge to the male audience. Pick up this book today at www.fightforme.net. Hi, my name is Todd Buller, and I've lived a blessed life. And I'm so excited to share my friends with you. And that's why we created Bulldog and Friends. All right, it's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yes, that's right. This is a very special bath. It is July 21st. Uh, a couple of great things have happened on July 21st. One of them, I was the best man in a wedding with my guest today, Alan Smith. But what we're talking about today, another great thing that's going to happen on July 21st on 2021. Wow, that's a lot of 21s in there, is Alan has written a new book. And again, we've talked a lot about saving innocence on this, on our program. It really is kind of the impotence, that's a good word out, it's a big word, for why we're doing this, because we want to bring awareness to this, something that just shouldn't be going on in our world. And Al's written a book about it, he, about kind of what we are faced with, what the problem is, but more, what can we do about it? So I want to welcome, again, for the uh, third time now on Baffy, right now is a three-timer group. There's only one, just Alan Smith. Alan, how you doing? Uh, TB, it's great to be here. Yeah, I feel good about being on the very first bath ever. I helped launch it with you. Now all yes. these guys, Brent and Jim, everybody's standing on my shoulders. I got it going. And, and now I was a part of that, the round table that we did a while ago. And so it's great to be back here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, we call the round table jumping the shark because we haven't quite had the numbers we've had uh, since the round table. So it's, uh, we kind of jumped the shark on that one. But <laughs> Again, we're here for something I think that's even a lot more important and it's something that we've been talking about, saving innocence. So uh, we've been talking about it on BAF, but some people maybe have not heard. It's maybe the only BAF that they've ever heard or maybe ever will hear. So uh, catch us up on what's going on with saving innocence. Well, thanks, Todd. And I really appreciate all the support in the BAF universe. Every show, you've got a little recording before and after and you're, you're, you're pumping it up. And so I, I, I totally appreciate that. Saving Innocence is a, a nonprofit agency based in Los Angeles. I'm the executive director of, and we're in the human trafficking space. I should say the anti-human trafficking space. And our specific niche is child victims of sex trafficking. Almost nothing worse and more egregious than you can imagine, especially all you BAF listeners who have daughters. Now, there are little boys that get caught up in this, but it's mostly little girls. And you just think about your daughters or your granddaughters. Someone like a Jim Cranston has got all these old granddaughters now. <laughs> I know he listens. You just can't think of anything worse of uh, one of these little kids being sort of owned, if you will, and then bought and sold like a piece of property and sexually violated in the most horrific way. So it's our honor to be in that space, to come alongside them. We have first responders who dispatch in the middle of the night to step into these crisis situations. Then we walk with these kids and get them everything they need. And most importantly, their humanity back and their childhood back. So that's the essence of it. I invite your listeners to go to savinginnocence.org. That's our website. There's a handful of videos there and uh, different infographics and you can learn more or hit me up uh, offline anytime you want. I'd love to tell you more about it, but it's been fun to 
Get to the Bath Universe and a lot of Leland 81 and 82 listeners. And so it's been fun to reconnect with the Ronnie Masons of the world and Chris Cameras and these guys I don't talk to that often. And, and now they're uh, getting interested in what we're doing at Saving Innocence. So thanks to the Bath Universe. Yeah, well, again, it is such a uh, worthy cause. This is a special bath just for this launching of your new book. And we, we joked about this. Al must be writing like a book every week, but he has written two books. So it is his new book. Tell us a little bit about your book. Yes, uh, today is a big day. It's the official launch. This has been a about a three-year process. That's why I don't write too many books. It takes a long time to marinate, and it took about three years from its inception. The title of it is Men with an Exclamation Point Fight for Me. And uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll mention that later, but there's a website, fightforme.net, that has a lot of information on it, and that's where the book is currently available. But the the, the long story short, when I stepped into the space of saving innocence, something happened very obvious, very quickly. I realized that men are the problem, by far the biggest part of the problem. Most of the buyers are men. Most of the sellers are men. And then when I started going to different meetings and maybe an awareness event or maybe a church on a Saturday would hold a community event or maybe something through the county, there's almost no men in the audience. And I was bothered by that for a while. Men are the problem and there's almost no men at, working as part of the solution. And then I was at a meeting that kind of brought it all together. And uh, there's an amazing survivor who's out there, real public with her story. She's in the book, actually. There's a whole chapter, chapter three, a woman named Rachel Thomas, who's a phenomenal um, leader out there in this space. And she was at an event and she was telling her personal story, how she began to be trafficked once she went to college. And she said, I could no longer fight for myself. I needed someone to fight for me. And that kind of lit a fire in me. And it's like, okay, I have to use my male voice to inspire as many men as I can. Now, mind you, it's a great book for everybody. And, and there's been lots of women that have read an early copy and they're loving the information and the stories. But there is a special emphasis to the male audience, me being a male who's had a backstage pass, if you will. I've seen things that other men haven't seen. I know things other men don't know. And if men are the problem, I thought, Todd, then that means men are the solution, or at least a big part of it. And so that's kind of the impetus for how the book came into being. I sort of felt a responsibility. It's not like I even wanted to. I never thought about writing a book on this topic. But all of a sudden, I'm looking around, and where's all the men? Okay, I have to do something. And, and so I, I approached some survivors that I know and work with and care about and said, you want to help me do this and speak into it? They said, absolutely. There's nothing like this out there. There's not a, a book by men for men. And so that's kind of how it came into being. And, and I'm excited to finally get out into the world today. It's great. Again, as many people in the bath world know, and every teacher I've ever had in school, I do not read many books. I'm a movie guy. <laughs> I'm a video guy. In fact, I sit in front. Uh, when I go out to the sit in the sun, I bring my iPad and I watch a video. So that's my book. But I did read Men Fight for Me. And I'll, I'm going to tell you right now, it was it's not an easy read. It was not an easy read for me to know that I don't read very well. But even because that it, it wasn't because it was, it, it really is a problem that, as Alan said, that was started by, it, it started and perpetuated by men and uh, we're the problem. And you really can see that uh, we need to do something about it. So it's, so it's a great read and a must read. I'm going to buy many, many copies for my friends because I think it's something that it's, it's a great gift to give to somebody so their eyes are open to it. So, so again, Al, tell us a little bit, give us a clip note version of, for everybody in the Bath universe, of exactly what this book kind of lays out to be. 
Yeah, no, there's 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 three sections, if you will. And the, the first section is called setting the stage. And there's a few chapters. It's a little of me telling my story, how I got into the work and some of the stuff I just mentioned, how I felt this responsibility to have this conversation with men. And then there's these two amazing survivors. I just mentioned, mentioned Rachel. She tells her story. So you're going to hear first person from her voice saying, I needed someone to fight for me. And then Jessica is my co-author. She speaks throughout the book and she tells her personal story of her exploitation that started at age 11 and went for a decade. It's just incomprehensible. And so once I have everybody's attention, then I go to what's called the big three. It's the second section. And we take a look at the buyers, the traffickers, and the victims. There's a chapter on each one of those. And these amazing friends are, are speaking into it and sharing their personal experiences and so that everybody can just kind of understand, okay, what is this thing that's happening? How is it happening? Why is it happening? And there's a really good chapter on each one of those to break it down the three core sort of players, if you will, in this crime. And then we finished the last section called conclusions and solutions. I lay out a chapter of here's about 12 things that we could do right now as a society, as a people, and as an individual and some of it is big picture, lofty, and some of it is, no, it starts right now by looking in the mirror. In fact, that's the name of the chapter, look in the, looking in the mirror, challenging men to do something. And so there's a lot of different possible solutions. And then there's, there's a fun chapter. There's about eight or nine men from different walks of life that I've gotten to know. And I, I call it profiles in authentic masculinity. And uh, I said, hey, what's your definition of authentic masculinity? Why don't you share what your thought, what were you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What is a good, strong, healthy man that brings healing, not wounding to this world? And they share their thoughts. So it's pretty cool. So it's like a goldmine for a, even like a younger man, a teenager or a young man who's just trying to make his way and figure this thing out to hear from these older seasoned men who are good men who uh, have great things to say. Uh, and then there's uh, just kind of we wrap it up. Then in the back, there's actually a lot of resources in the back of the book. And what, what do I do now? And how do I report this? How do I see it? What are the warning signs? I'm just trying to provide a lot of uh, opportunities and resources for those that are interested to take the next step. You brought up a, a good point, And it's something that maybe we don't know enough about. Obviously, by how men act, we don't know about it. Give us a little bit about a role of an authentic masculine. What's the role of authentic masculinity? Yeah, well, and that's actually the tagline of the book. When you go to the website or when you actually buy the book, you'll see the role of authentic masculinity in ending sexual exploitation and trafficking. Kind of a mouthful. But that's, that's a subtext to the message of the book. What is our role? There's lots of counterfeit examples of masculinity. It doesn't take long. Turn on the radio and listen to what the popular song lyrics are singing about, how training our young boys, how to think about women. Just look at media in general. Look at a lot of the popular movies and TV shows. What are they doing? Are they building up and honoring women or are they tearing them down and objectifying them? And so I, I think one of the big examples, and I say this in the book, the worst example that any of us could do is say, well, wait a minute. I think that's gross. I'm not buying a child for sex or anybody. So I'm good, right? So I, this doesn't apply to me. And so my challenge is I want to reach figuratively my hand inside the screen or through the radio or whatever it is and say, no, it's bigger than that. Um, good. I'm glad. Congratulations. You're not buying a human. You're not raping a child. Good job. Thank you. But there's a lot more that we need to do as men. We're knowingly and unknowingly maybe contributing to an exploitive culture. We're contributing to the soil that this gross example of trafficking springs up in. And so we have an honest conversation about pornography. A lot of men and women struggle too, but a lot of men struggle with that. We have an honest conversation about and how you're thinking about the kind of jokes you're telling, the kind of things you're on a Friday night and how you're raising your sons and your daughters. And so there's some of those kinds of things in there. And the only way to really 
combat a counterfeit has become really well known with the authentic version. And I had a friend, I quote my friend Brody Carroll, who's like a 25 year secret service veteran. And he's currently still in the secret service regarding protecting important dignitaries. And he told me something interesting. Part of what the secret service does is they, they combat currency, currency rings, counterfeit currency rings. And he said, listen, we spend 90% of our time studying the authentic bill, the real bill, the real thing. And that allows us to spot the counterfeit 100 miles away was his quote. So if you become intimately aware of what the real thing is, you can see the counterfeit. And so the counterfeits are being delivered to our doorstep, to our tablets, to our phone, to our media, to our movie theaters. Our kids are being inundated with counterfeit, inauthentic versions of healthy, positive masculinity. And so uh, my goal is to help people take a look and give some thought to what the real version is, the healthy version, the strong, powerful version that can change the world, not, not ruin the world. You know, interesting thing in the book, and I, I love I love this. You tell the story, you give the stories about it, you get the awareness, but then you have a call to action where you actually are telling people, I, this is what you need to do. But you kind of lay it out for people. You don't say, hey, figure out your own thing. You say, this is what you need to do. So call, tell us a little bit about your call to action. Yeah, in the, in the chapter eight, and I mentioned it earlier, I, I list a number of things. There's a micro level and a macro level. There's kind of the stuff. And it's, at first you look in the mirror and there's some things that we can do as individuals. And then there's a the bigger picture level of how we might vote in an election, the kinds of things we're looking for. But number one, I think we have to acknowledge that this is happening. There's a thin line between not knowing about it and not wanting to know. And if you face this, the, the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world is human trafficking. Let me say that again. The fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world is human trafficking. Globally, the people that count things will say there could be 45 million people enslaved via human trafficking right now, more slaves now than at any time in human history. And if we embrace that, and if we read the stories, particularly the first story, Jessica tells her story, her personal story, and throughout the book and other, and other survivors, of a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old being bought and sold a dozen or more times every single day. If we literally embrace that and look at it, now we're compelled to do something about it. If you have a heart beating in your body and blood running through your veins, you have to step up and do something. So my call to action is do something, men. This is on us. We have contributed to this problem. We are contributing to this problem. And if you really didn't contribute in any way, shape or form, I'd love to have a conversation with you and see if that's true. But if you really didn't, great. We allowed it to happen right under our noses. And that's not okay. If you, if you, if you have humanity in you and you care about your fellow man at all, it's not okay to see something bad happening and do nothing about it. There are great theologians and great quotes throughout the book. And the great Dietrich Bonhoeffer says something to the effect of not to act is to act. Not to say something is to say something. And so my call to action is men, do something. Look at this. The very first call to action is, hey, we're launching the book. Buy the book. <laughs> and buy it for all your sons, brothers, husbands. R buy it for them. Willie Thorne, I think you got three boys. Buy one. Sit down, you with your men, and read it. Ronnie Mason, I know you listen to The Bath. Buy this book and then go through with your daughters and let them know what they need to be aware of. This, this world needs to be aware of what's happening. The call to action is to step into it and no longer passively watch it happen right under our noses. It's just not acceptable. 
Alan, that's uh, great information. Al sent me some things that he, he'd like to talk about and we talked about. One of the things he put was, what was my reaction when I read the book? And I'll tell you, it was, it was hard reading because these things are going on. And, and Alan and I, and I have had several conversations about saving innocence and trafficking. And, and I, I really, I, I, the call to action to me uh, was not just the stuff that we do on Bath, but just how you, you look at things. And, and like Alan says, all the stuff that we allow to come into our viewing and stuff like that, whether it's on television, stuff like that, I really felt a, a, a sense of that that stuff is leading to what we see of this, these horrible crimes and that we, we need to make sure that those things are not present in our, in our house. And, that, and, and again, there's so many of them. But I, I was really, really moved by the whole thing. And I think people that will read this book, and like Alan said, share it with younger people too. Obviously, we all need to do something. But this younger generation, we're hoping, is part of the solution along with us. That was the other thing that I thought. You always think about the next generation will solve this problem, right? It'll, let's, let's give them information and they'll solve it. But really, we could do it right now, right? It's within our power, the people right now, people that are listening to this bath, and people that are going to read Alan's book and people that are going to be hopefully be touched by that and, and aware of that is that this can happen right now. And I think that's one of the things that I got from it is that if you are if you have money to give to Saving Innocence, that would help. Right. If you have a voice to give the Saving Innocence where you can tell people about it, that would help with people that are influential that that could actually have maybe are in government or something like that, that you can share it with that will help. We have uh, just a great example. Ronnie Mason is opening up his house to people to talk about saving innocence. He's going to, he has two daughters. He, he's, he's opening up his home to where he's going to put on a, a party and all these things. We're going to get together. Al's going to speak and we're going to invite people to come over and, uh, and find out about it. I mean, the word needs to be spread and we're the ones that need to spread it. It, it, we can't say, hey, I'll share it with my son so they, they can do the work. It, it needs to be done right now. And that's, that's what I got out of the book. Besides just the, it was well written out. He did a great job. I was quite surprised. The guy that I knew growing up wrote a book. But, uh, but besides that, it was, it, 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 it really told you that, what are you doing with your resources? Could there be anything more? And, and again, I, I, I also believe, we also have some really strong Christian beliefs and I, and to do things with that too are possible, but they're really, they can really be in aligned in this. There's, I, I, God does not want this to happen. This isn't the way that he set it up and wants people to live. And so I, I, I got all of the, all those things rushed through me when I read the book. So I'm really praying for people when they read the book that they, you know, get, get a great understanding of what's going on and, and are moved to action. So Al, anything you'd like to end with and, and talk about? A little bit about how do you get the book? Those kind yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just the logisticals, fightforme.net. That's where this uh, project lives. It's a website we've built. The book is available there, not to mention all kinds of other resources. There's a little video blog that we're recording, having people that are uh, contributed to the book and they're sharing more of their story on fightforme.net. But that's where the book is. And it's available right now. Today's the launch date. Go on there and buy that book. Also go to savinginnocence.org, learn more about the organization that I work with. And you might be interested to learn some things there. 
And I just want to thank the, the, the Bath University since you started this, Todd. Like I said earlier, I think it's been fun to reconnect. Ronnie Mason is on August 14th. <laughs> on August 14th in San Jose, he's hosting a party in his backyard. The flyer says tacos and tequila. And plus, they're going to hear about saving innocence. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, if you're in the San Jose area, the Bay Area, come on over to Ronnie Mason's house. Look him up on Facebook. He'd love to have you. So would I. It'd be fun to see you if I haven't seen you for a while. And uh, this podcast, Todd, you're sending LeBron James a letter once a week until he opens it and reads it to get him to get his attention. I love it. We just need everybody to do whatever they can do. And that's kind of, I say this in the book, people say, what can I do? I said, well, I don't know. What can you do? And, and, and do that, do that thing that you can do. Mason has a good backyard. He throws parties in his backyard. That's what he's doing. Great. Do that. That's phenomenal. You could write a letter in your chicken scratch to LeBron James. Do that. That's great. You can have a podcast. Great. Do that. Who else can do whatever, do whatever you can do. It can no longer happen again. It cannot happen on our watch. No more, no how. We're not trying to slow it down. We're trying to end it, stop it. This crime against humanity has to be done. And uh, humbly speaking, this book is a great first step if you're just learning about it because there are survivors that are telling the real life authentic version of what happened to them. And there's a challenge from them and from me. And I'll just say this, maybe the elephant in the room, the financial part of the book the, most of the proceeds are directly benefiting survivors of sex trafficking. Uh, there's six survivors in there that are sharing a lot of their personal stuff. They all have a percentage. So the more books we sell, the more money they make. For me, I'm just trying to break even. I'm funding the whole thing. I'm running a website. I'm paying for this stuff. I'm not trying to make any money on this. I'm just trying to, if I can, break even. That's my financial goals. And I'm trying to help give, the, give these amazing survivors um, as much of the the possible profits of it as possible because they're the ones that went through this and, and want to compensate them for their contribution. So I think, but a lot of people, like I see my wife, she's a big reader and she reads books and she gets a book and then she passes that book on to somebody else, but let's in the Bath universe, let's buy a bunch of these books so we can give them to people. Let's, let's get that as a first, what do they call that? They have, they have it in their hands. They are prime sources of this book so that they can hand it out to maybe the other people or maybe buy those things instead of buying one copy and then having it shared by about 10 people. Let's get some books. Today's the day. We're, we're, we're beating on the door right here. It's the 21st. <laughs> and so let's get as many books today. If you're listening to this, go to the website, find the, the book and buy it and buy multiple copies and uh, give them out uh, to uh, your friends or people that you love because it really is something that they need to hear. Again, it is Wednesday. We're doing a special bath for saving the innocence and the men fight for me. Go buy the book. And we will see you tomorrow on Thursday's bath. But again, thank you, Alan, for being on. Thanks for having me, Todd. You're the man. Let's go bath. Love the bath universe. Go bath. All right. Have a great day. Buy the book. Remember to purchase Men Fight For Me at fightforme.net.